Welcome to Reporting is Eligible. I am Paul Noonan of Acme Packing Company and the Shepherd Express. And we lost. We lost to the 49ers, who are very, very good. And it was so close. But, you know, we're young and fun and we'll be back. But but still, unfortunate. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll break down what happened, how close we were, what's going to happen now, all that good stuff. So to, to help me do that in, in Colorado, we have... What's happening, everybody? My name is Matt. You can call me Matub, Acme Packing Company, Meme Weaver, and General Twitter Rabble Rouser. Look, man, when you said we're young, I was like, yeah, we're young and dumb and full of full fun. Of, yep, that's right. <laughs> that is exactly correct. Oh, man, I watched this at a bar with friends, which is, you know, the best way to watch football, objectively speaking. Of course. A- and I, I really, really felt like they were going to win it until the missed field goal. As soon as they weren't up by seven anymore, I was just like... Uh, this is good. This is going well. And then as soon as he trotted out there, I was like, I hate this. I wish they would have gone for a touchdown. And then when you missed it, I was 100% sure they were going to lose. I don't know. Same for you. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because the last divisional game, uh, you and I both at halftime. Oh, yeah. Like, when the yeah we walks, did that, we're didn't like, we? <laughs> we're like, they're going to lose now, huh? Um, For me, for some reason, it was just like the start of the fourth quarter. I was like, they're going to lose. Let's... Did you know that a Kyle Shanahan head coached team had never rallied from a five point or more fourth quarter deficit until this game i did know that That's because incredible. It, was, it was on the broadcast <laughs> that 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 is ridiculous that's stupid um i this game is annoying um mm-hmm. so i like i i'm torn between you know this this was a house money game it's just that the 49ers gave them every chance to win it and they just didn't mm-hmm. take it and you know part of that is inexperience like experienced teams seize on those opportunities and realize the moment and young teams do what the Packers did sometimes and freeze up a little bit and call a second and 10 run when you could be going for a touchdown instead of a field goal and all that stuff but it's still kind of annoying I have mixed emotions about it I mean my my anger is mostly with LaFleur that was maybe the worst called game he had all year yeah um I guess maybe that's as good a place as any to start it was not good, and I think one of the things that bugged me most about this game is they've been so good over the last, whatever, now, since week nine, by basically yep. using all of their weapons a lot, and I feel like with healthy Christian Watson, who got taken off the injury report, and Romeo healthy, it really just kind of turned into the Watson and Romeo show. Snap counts kind of agree with that. With Musgrave, who was back running those stupid routes, um, it looked like an old game, and you know Watson wasn't all there. Um, didn't do jack in this game except attract bad throws i guess (laughs) he had that one catch for nine yards (laughs) one catch for nine yards interceptions were targeted at him uh and like maybe wicks was blanketed but he only played 40 percent of snaps he had zero catches on two targets one of which was kind of a desperation target but like bo melton was in there for like 19 percent of snaps or some stupid low number had a Mm. huge pass interference penalty it was legit like you know sometimes Guys get pass interference penalties because Jordan underthrew it and it was trash. This was not that. This was uh, a guy tackling him before the ball was there. And then catching a beautiful touchdown where he had like 
skillfully get his feet in and all that. And then no more targets. That's it. Bomel is done. <laughs> like, go, good job. Go hit the showers. Like, what is that? And and Tucker Craft did get targets, but the 49ers are awesome at covering tight ends. It's like one of their key strengths. That's what uh, you may have noticed, people listening. Fred Warner out there. Not bad. Pretty good. Good guy to have. Good weapon. Uh, very good at covering uh, everyone that's not a wide receiver. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, you know, running a whole bunch of routes to Kraft and Musgrave, not the key to victory in this game. No, not a good idea. Yeah, he had the, Kraft had the one touchdown, but like, you should have stretched him out with receivers. We, we, we said it last week. We, I said it on the mini pod. They didn't do it. So I agree. Bad Mac game. <laughs> and, and Love kept throwing at their only good corner. He did. What? <laughs> they have, stupid Ward had like, uh, who's the who's the crappy corner? Aubrey Thomas is that his name? Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. That guy sucks. Every time they threw at him, and it worked. Like, <laughs> do it more. <laughs> well, that was like I think the first throw into the end zone was someone versus Ward, and I was like, what the heck? Like, why? Why throw away the one guy <laughs> whose name you know? I'm also gonna check his name. Jr. Is it Aubrey Ward or is it some other thing? Aubrey Ward? What are you talking about? Who's the worst 49er cornerback? Oh, no, that's uh it's it's Jimmy it's not Ward. It's Aubrey Thomas. Aubrey Thomas. Right? Aubrey I Thomas, can't believe we had the yeah. first name Ward's, right, not the last Ward's name. Cuz cuz Tavarius Ward is the good one. That was my problem. Yes. Uh yeah, sorry. Jimmy Ward's a different guy entirely, yeah. but yes, Aubrey Thomas is the one who was going to be set ablaze by 49ers fans for the majority of the game right. until the 49ers won. Yeah, when we stopped throwing at him for some reason. Um Hi guys! Hey, welcome. <laughs> He's Jr., but you could call him. <laughs> <laughs> I missed you so much. I'm so happy. Oh, uh, we I missed you see, too. I'm seeing you guys again. So happy to have you here. Ah, uh, also, nice job on Green 19. Of course, we recommend it every week and listen to it every week because it's good. Why? Thank you. Yeah, it's it's real good. Yes, it is. Phenomenal yeah, job. Uh, having having a very good time. This has been a surreal couple weeks for me. Yeah, you got um, to travel. I did. I went to Dallas. I went to San Francisco. I went to the last Packers game at Lambeau. Worked all three games. Nice. Had a very good record. I mean, I was also helping with the Carolina-Minnesota stuff, even though I didn't go to those games. So I was yeah. pretty undefeated for a while there. You were. You were. In San uh, w- w- until 106 to go again in the last game, I was undefeated. Oh, that game. Um, was it raining as hard as it looked like it was on TV? Uh, so at, at points, yes. In the first half, it was raining wickedly hard. But... It was, I, I was, it was completely comfortable in okay. San Francisco. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to explain it really. It was weird, <laughs> but like even getting rained on, it was not uncomfortable there. The, okay. the, I had friends in the stands and they, she said the pon, you know, she was wearing a poncho, but she was like, it's totally fine. I feel great. And I'm sure that's just the Wisconsinite in me talking, but I was I, at no point during my two days in San Francisco was I uncomfortable even when it was, when it was raining. Nice. Uh, I do feel like it hurt Purdy, but I feel like it hurt Love, too. That's why I wanted to ask, because if it was an extreme rain, I kind of get that. Um, but there were a lot of ducks in this game, so it's uh, just checking on that. Yeah, I, I I couldn't say for sure, but it, it definitely looked like Purdy couldn't handle the rain, and I thought Jordan Love was just playing like a kid in his first divisional title game. Like yeah. that, that felt more more the case in, in, for for him yeah yeah i i there was there was one guy who slipped i don't remember when that was but there was only one moment where it's like oh that was a rain play i felt like for the most part they handled it oh there was um uh aaron jones fell trying to cut on like an inside zone or duo one of the one of those two things yeah 
So that that was one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we were just saying uh, we made it far. We're pretty we're happy with the season, but we were so close <laughs> to stealing this one, and it was disappointing, even though we probably shouldn't have been there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, that's all. That's obviously the <laughs> oh, fair here we point. Go. Uh, Jr. '90s album, uh, Blind Melon, self-titled. Oh yes, yes. Poor Shannon. <laughs> Poor Shannon Hoon, destined forever to be a one-hit wonder when uh, when there was so much more going on there. But ah, uh, indeed. <laughs> That's a good one. I haven't researched '90s albums. I haven't. Uh, I have not prepared one bit. I just wanted to stop by and. and we haven't either. We have not prepared at all. The rundown is two sentences long. I completely ran out of time. So. Um... <laughs> well, well, let me let me let me, let me, <laughs> let me tell you what I remember from the game. Um, the Packers were the better team. They That's were. the frustrating thing. Yeah. The San Francisco 49ers did not take a snap inside the Packers' 30-yard line at any point until the final drive of the game. Both of their touchdowns came from far out. The safeties had everything to do with the things that went wrong in this game with if, if Darnell Savage doesn't play, eh, it's probably the same stuff, but like if they had ever gotten different safeties, they they win this game. I don't really think the kicker is that big. Uh, It was a huge kick and it changed. It was a a huge kick. (laughs) It it was a huge one, but yeah, no, I, I, it definitely matters. I just, I I just think they had other problems like the, you know, there were other things that I think were were bigger issues per se. Oh, there I, were I've rewatched this. Wrong. Quay Walker was a disaster in this game. He was so bad. He was very very bad. Up. He was in the wrong place a zillion times. Um, it it was uh, not a good Quay game. It, it made me Even feel. Even the pass rush had issues. Yeah, it did at times. Like they they just they they just didn't make plays. Like they they legitimately you know the 49ers did make plays. They had the two long distance touchdowns and even McCaffrey at the end because. You know, I'm sure they could have let him. I'm sure there were people who thought they should just let him score at the end. But like, all they have to do is bottle that team up, like they had been doing all yeah. game long, and they couldn't do it in the one crucial moment. Yep. I know. I'm sure everyone thought they were going to score. I thought they were going to score, uh, and leave no time on the clock. <laughs> I thought that too. But so the play he scored on was third and one. I, I was okay trying to stop him there. But of course, that, that was the last time I was okay trying to stop mm. him. And what else are they going to do in that situation but give the ball to Christian McCaffrey? Exactly, Brock Purdy has has been bad all night yeah, long. Yeah, make if if they throw if they throw in that situation, it is a blessing, and you should thank your lucky stars they did. Like, yeah, getting gashed there is inexcusable. <laughs> so annoying. So, uh, the brewery at which I was watching the game that I watch all the games is a, a YouTube TV NFL Sunday ticket. Um, even though it was locally broadcast, they still use their Sunday ticket thing. Um, so it was what, like a minute and a half behind real life. That's about so right I'm on, for YouTube. So I'm on Twitter, and uh, <laughs> so when they scored, I knew, and I went and go went and paid my tab, and then I came and sat back down <laughs> and smart. And so when Love threw the pick, I just got up and walked out, yeah. like silently walked away. And as my hand hit the handle on my car, I could hear the booze coming from inside. <laughs> oh, that was such yeah. a bad throw. I know he's a, I know he's a kid, and, but the Brett Favre stuff is warranted there. It was first and ten. Um, you're only down by three. You don't even need to score a touchdown. You're not in that big a hurry. Just throw it away. Well, yeah. <laughs> RAE drinking game. Uh, did you see the thing I tweeted about that? No, did you tweet it? It was like a far thing, but he shouldn't go to. Prison. Literally, I said, I said, well, people wanted a quarterback who would throw more interceptions like Favre. <sighs> and they... There oh. were audible groans in the press box when he released that ball. Oh, Long yeah. before we knew where it was going, it was. I don't know how clear it was on TV, but it was clear as day when he let it go. Like, 
the only reason it doesn't get intercepted is if they drop the ball. Yeah. Like there were two, obviously you could see two guys there. So. It was obviously a that bad was... idea from the second he like kind of torqued his arm around that direction. Like, I don't know what he was looking at. I don't know what he thought he saw. Just ridiculous. It's like one of those, like, like a pitch where you, like you see the pitcher go like, like my spin rate was awful coming off the hand. And yep. he's like, he's like sad about a home run before it even gets to the plate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it it was it was like that. And Jordan Love hadn't thrown any interceptions. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's two in this game. But what was it? One in his last eight or nine games. The first one was bad as well, but also a little unlucky um, that it got tipped up in the air by Kraft. It was not a good throw. It was behind him. But, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever it gets tipped up in the air, it increases the chances of being intercepted by a million percent. So, yeah, but I think if if Kraft doesn't doesn't tip it, it still is like rocketing it's not, towards it's not great who, yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely not great um and you know the packers had their chances at the same things uh, darnell savage got hit literally between the numbers by a brock Purdy pass and didn't catch it so what are you gonna do that is why he said yeah, i don't i i said this on green 19 i don't i don't blame i've never blamed a secondary guy for dropping a ball because it's just it's hard it's hard enough to catch a well-thrown football it's it's really hard to catch it when you're not expecting it to be thrown to you but um, throw in the the inability to chase down George Kittle on a on a touchdown, the inability to wrap up Christian McCaffrey. I mean, that's just the worst possible game at the worst possible time. It is. You know, like he's he is. You can argue the difference in the game. Yep, mm-hmm. certainly one of and them. Simone Biles' husband was out there just being old. Man, all over the place. he tackled so bad. He looked like a kid. And it's his thing too. Like he he tackles. That's what he's there for. It is. He looked like a little kid out there trying to tackle men, and it did not work at all. It was rough. And we uh, need to be really worried about the content, guys, because AJ Dillon ain't coming back. He's not. He's Jonathan not Owens. Back. They ha- the only thing I have with Jonathan Owens is that they have no other safeties coming back. They're yeah. all gone, so they might be able to get him cheaply and then like sign a guy, draft a couple. Um, but Are like, we sure Dillon's the, not the coming content's back? In danger. I, I feel very confident. Dillon's yeah. free agent. I don't think he'll. I mean, I just I don't know, know what. He, I don't know what his market is. But that's not the Packers' problem. They're going to find someone else. I know. I'm just thinking that <laughs> like a guy who, quote-unquote, knows the system for like league minimum. <laughs> I do wonder if they get to some agreement with Jones. I, I, I feel like there's at least a chance that happens. There'll be a lot of mutual interest in, for not that long. So it could, that could mm. happen. I'm optimistic about that one. He did not have a great game, by the way, uh, other than that 53-yard run. <laughs> well i i mean yes that was great that was a fantastic play um how it led to the missed field goal right that was that drive i um, believe so yeah but he lot he was stuffed for two yards or less on half of his carries in this game he was very very boomer bust he had a lot of seven eight and nine yard carries and a lot of two one zero and negative carries as well i mean one of his eight yard carries was literally a three yard loss that he turned into positive eight yards like he had, he had a lot of Barry Sanders esque plays. He did. He's still a good player. It's just it was a very unusual Aaron Jones game in that usually sure. they're always in great down and distance situations because he says got such a high success rate, and that was not the case here. They had a lot of second longs because of him uh, and the line. You know, Zach Tom has a lot to do with that too. And yeah, that's that's that. He also yeah. I think was there was that third and two pass that Love put behind him, and I do think that was harshly on Jones for not sitting down in a zone like he was supposed to. Uh, I don't think that throw was that bad. I think Jones moved when he wasn't supposed to move, and that would have also won the game probably had that not happened. (laughs) (sighs) 
Lines are or lines. The Niners are fast as hell on defense. They like are. Those those they're linebackers, good. those linebackers show up. You, you don't even think about them, and then they're just there. So it's it's hard to move the football against that team. It really is. Fred Warner moves like uh, a non-human person. I He's can't electric. Believe how fast he is for how big he is. Devondre Campbell like goes out there the next down, and it looks like he's running in sand. Like <laughs> that's a really good point. It's it, how what where did Fred Warner get drafted? Is he like a third rounder? Like. Man, I Give don't... me. Is there a background on him on why he wasn't like one of the best linebackers in the draft at any point? Is it is it just inside linebacker stuff? Is that maybe it? I mean, uh, he played for BYU. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, yeah, that makes it hard to Which judge you. You would think he'd be look even faster on tape that... if he's playing at BYU. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, drafted third third round, so seventieth overall in twenty eighteen. Anybody could have had him. Anybody at all. Ah, just a really impressive player. Uh, Greenlaw, oh, his, his team got smoked at the Gr- at Greenlaw. The also, bowl. very good, by the way. Just not quite as good as Warner, but man, Greenlaw is very good too. Wikipedia deep dive here. Warner was raised uh, in the in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, Ooh. and after mentioning football ambitions to a fellow member of the organization who was a BYU alum, he helped get Warner's highlight reel to Kelly Papinga who became mm. his lead recruiter. Kelly Papinga, because I wanted to know this too, just what you're wondering right yep. now, is the younger <laughs> brother, younger brother of linebacker Brady Papinga. Okay. Who, of course, also went to be so we, which, so Okay, we, so we by the way. because of Brady Papinga, is what you're saying. By the That's way, uh, other linebackers taken that year, Rokon Smith, Tremaine Edmonds, uh, Leighton Vander Etch, uh, and Shaq Leonard. Oh, and Harold Landry. Mm. So, like, there's... That is a class. Good class. Very good class. Wow. Yeah. Um, he's spectacular. He's I mean, he may, like Bosa isn't even like is he like the fourth best player on the defense now? I mean, he's fallen off a little bit. Yeah, but... I think so. Um, he's still good, but he's not what makes yeah. it. He's not what the st- the straw that stirs the drink. Yeah, they got Chase Young just like hanging out. I mean, Chase Young is an athlete. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I just thought of a really inappropriate joke. Well, let's not oh, say it because I don't want to edit. Um, <laughs> so they did not sack Jordan Love one time, but he seemed like he was going to get killed a whole bunch. Um, and I, I think they started going short all the time because he was seeing pressure where it wasn't, which also kind of killed them. Um, I do want to. I want to cover the one line, one of the two lines in the rundown, really quick. Um, if the Packers would have won this game, the secret hero would have been Eric Wilson, who had oh, man. who had the best the best, the best, best fumble, fumble recovery, recovery I think I've ever seen in all my time. life. All time. <laughs> that was some Howard Green stuff right there. Some like you're gonna live forever now because yeah. they're gonna go to the Super Bowl because of you. It, it really was like it was such a bad fumble. Everybody screamed in the bar all at the same. You know, one of those like ah like kind of thing. And then he was just there and recovered it cleanly and no drama, no rolling around on the ground. Um, it like almost didn't even hit the ground. His dive was yeah. so perfect. And everybody's asking me like, who's Wilson? I was like, I think, I think that's Eric. <laughs> Legitimately in the press box wrote the story with the headline, who is Eric Wilson? Because of course, immediately everyone on earth, or at least everyone in Wisconsin is searching, who is Eric Wilson? They're probably surprised to learn that he's been in the NFL since 2017. <laughs> And has you know been around quite a bit, and has been a special teams ace for a long time. But uh, as soon as he made that, I mean, that was like I've 
you just never see fumble recoveries at full speed like that. You've never, never seen them that crisp. No. Uh, the immediate, guy jumps for it. Maybe he makes contact and flies around yeah. to four other people before it's Immediate assumption for me was it's going to fly 20 f- more yards downfield with the speed he's running at. And and didn't. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, so since I have both of you, I wanted to ask you, um, do you rather – would you do you prefer a wide receiving core of – uh, Reed, Wicks, and Melton, or of Dobbs, Watson, and Reed. Reed, Wicks, Melton. <laughs> I feel like so, wa- I don't even have to. I don't even have to think about I, it. I, I, nothing against Romeo because he did well in this game and was awesome last game. But Watson Strong seems hands. like a problem, and Melton seems like he's actually making plays when he's out there. Um, so the the thing that we were all afraid of when they got Musgrave back. Is actually what happened. It happened. Christian yes, Watson. it did. It did happen. We, it, but with, also with Christian Watson, it's yes. like, oh, Christian Watson got back. Let's do dumb things with Christian Watson. He played a lot and didn't do squat and looked slow and bad. So, um, something to yeah. Monitor. I thought they used him. They, they used him really well in Dallas, where he was kind yeah. of a guy that drew a lot of attention, and San Francisco figured out they maybe didn't need to do that. So that was uh, that's bad. Yeah, I don't. Um, I, I think he's an icing on the cake situation. Christian Watson is. He's, I think so too. Like maybe he works out, but they don't need him really. And don't let me, don't let his family hear me say that. No, don't loud, do that. You don't but... want that guy on you. Cheesehead TV <laughs> yeah. employee, Christian Watson's dad. Yeah. You don't want that. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but I agree. Oh, with you, you mean, you mean Tim Watson legal name, Tim Watson. Yeah. That guy, um, Tim. Yes. He, he looks like, uh, uh, the voice of, um, the, he, he does a bunch of voices on Futurama. He was on Mad TV. Uh, Phil Lamar? Yeah, Phil Lamar. He does Lamar. look like you Phil ever, Lamar. You're right. He looks exactly like <laughs> uh, Phil Lamar's great. Um, but I think um, you are correct that Watson should be icing on the cake. I hope the Packers realize it, though. Like The other guys are better receivers than he is right now, at least. Maybe he'll maybe an offseason does him good, but... Yeah, I want. I just want to. But what's, what's the rule. risk here, though? Like they're, they're all under the same contract here, so like my yeah. my I, only complaint is I just hope they don't play the wrong ones. Well, <laughs> That's all. The, do the Packers win this game with Jonathan Taylor? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, they do. Do you know why? Why? Because Watson's not Cause, there. Because then Watson's not on the field. Okay. <laughs> like the Hatterberg right. Pena trade. Um, yes, fine. But like they, they didn't. It goes back to Matt. Did not call a good game. That the weakness of the 49er defense is not their linebackers. It's not Ward. It is all the other cornerbacks. And you got Musgrave out there running those stupid slant flat routes. And uh, you've got a lot of twelve. So much twelve personnel in this game did not need to happen. Um, Was the entire first drive? Yeah, and that I think that actually did, uh, undid them a little bit because that drive was good. Uh, Aaron Jones was ripping off big runs; it worked really well. And then the 49ers adjusted and they went heavy, mm-hmm. and the Packers did not adjust back. So not great. Is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Musgrave should be running nines if they're run if like if they're going to pass out of twelve, just send Musgrave deep, put him on wind sprints. Yep. All right. You want to talk about anything else in this game before we do questions? <sighs> Hear, hearing nothing. Jones goes for. Jones goes for fifty-two yards, man. I'm sure everyone was like this, but like, oh, they're oh, they're going to win. They, yes, they've got it. They've got it. Until they kicked the field goal, I was like that, and then they then they yep. did that. Things gummed up there. They, if they had, ugh. they were you no know, nobody. Nobody wanted to hand it off to Carlson there, but forty-one yards should be a chip shot. He is. Even in the rain. 
after after that miss, he is fifty percent on the year from forty yards or further. And Oof, if you're wondering if the fifty yarders are skewing that, he is fifty percent on forty to forty nine yards. So they're not. <laughs> yeah, isn't he? Doesn't he have a better percentage beyond fifty? I think he is. No, like, it would also be fifty. I believe uh, he has an odd number. For, oh yeah, he has to be. A bit, be yes, he's. He's. I think he's the same. I think he's like two okay. or four or something like that. Or. I don't know, four of eight. Yeah, I was thinking thinking he was like three of four for some reason. He's some garbage. Why don't I just pull it up? (laughs) Very good from 39 in. I believe he's perfect outside of that. Except for extra extra points. points. Yeah. Right. Outside of extra points. Five of those. So he is from 20 to 29, which are field goals you should never kick. He is six for six. Uh, From 30 to 39, he is 14 for 14. From 40 to 49, he is four of nine. Uh, after the playoffs and from 50 plus he's three of five so he is better from 50 plus than he is from 40 to 49 i keep thinking should i mean obviously in retrospect you think they should have brought somebody in in the last six weeks of the season i'm sure they think that too but it's not as if i I mean you know the the response is going to be any like Bainson crosby or anybody could have done that but no i don't know if there's somebody who could have kicked the ball into the end zone routinely or kicked the ball where he wants it. I mean, he's really good against Dallas at putting it down on the one yard line and the success they had in the kickoff game is one of the reasons Dallas never got going against San Francisco, just constant touchbacks, you know, like he is, he, there's, there's leg talent there. And I don't know if they could have gotten that element. And I would bet that they value that just as much as being somebody they can go to, to kick a 45 yard field goal, even if it's like a 50, 50 proposition, uh, they, they, they have to, I mean, obviously they have to do better than that. That it was not an acceptable season from their kicker, but I don't J- know how easy it was to just replace him down. The JR, stretch. I don't know. You, yeah. you brought up the, this is the first time that anyone had, I have heard mention the Bisaccia assistant head coaching, like roster power that he has about the kicker instead of the safeties. Because it's like, oh, they have 12 safeties because they're all special teamers. And it's like, yeah, okay, Bisaccia yeah. likes the way he kicks kickoffs, so obviously he's going to stay on the team. Yeah. Like, that's a solid point. It is. Yeah. He finished uh, 20, I think 26th out of 30 kickers that qualified this year in field goal percentage. So that uh, it's a problem. And Also, anyone who was like, oh, Mason Crosby makes that kick. And it's like, okay, well, the last time Mason Crosby had to kick one of those, it was like the Obama administration. Yep, like yeah. that's... <laughs> uh, that drive, too, they, they got the 53 yards, then they picked up a first down on uh, that neutral zone infraction by Armstead. Um, and then it was short pass to Tucker Craft, second and 10, Aaron Jones up the middle. That's when I started feeling bad. That stupid run killed me. Um, so yeah, wait, the neutral zone infraction didn't like Zach Tom, like boop him on the head. I, like, I, I was in a bar. I have no idea. Maybe like, cause I, I remember like Zach Tom, Zach Tom, Zach Tom was, was not playing at that point in the game. Okay. I remember, I think it was the right tackle, like stood up and pointed and was, was like, <laughs> was, was it Nyman? <laughs> was he picking fights? Oh, might've been. No, Nyman. Yeah. Might've been. Cause Tom was way out by that point. Yeah. He was out by that point. Are you guys familiar with Little Bunny Fufu? Who walks Hop into the rabbit forest? Fufu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. you, you said nice. bop him on the head or boop him on the head, and now that yeah. was in my head. I, I have no interest in singing it or talking about it. I was just was curious if I was the only <laughs> one who knew what that was. <laughs> All right, way off topic for no reason. Drink. Yes, of course. Uh, so since I'm here, I guess I could read some questions. That would be fantastic. I did not format them in a usable way, so you'll have to navigate. Uh, no, it's a disaster. Yeah. You can do All it. Right. You're a pro. Hey guys. All right, let's do this. 
Uh, it's been a while. It I'm probably rusty. Mark Mark Pitscarby, Helen Thomas. Uh, everyone wants to talk about how bad Carlson was this year, but was that truly the case? <laughs> Crosby, for reference, <laughs> had a worse field goal percentage in five of his first six seasons, as well as in 2017, 18, and 21. So is Carlson better than the narrative, or was Crosby worse than people remember? Uh, I believe that as some would say, I was just going to say, fucking <laughs> those notes. I was just going to say that. <laughs> you got to be quick. You got to be quick with God me. God damn. I was, uh, I'm from, I'm I, from I Erie, got, PA. I got, as, as Matub would say, I got that out, and then you perfectly timed that. Um, Crosby was never made a Pro Bowl, right? Like, yeah. he, he's not a, he was not a Pro Bowl kicker. He was a consistent, steady guy who had a disastrous season in 2018 and was fine after that and certainly before that. But, like, Crosby was just a really solid guy. Yeah, That's he's it. like an average kicker. And um, he so he started his first four years of his career with a worse field goal percentage than Anders Carlson had this year. I'm not calling him Anders. He has to earn that. Um, and <laughs> But one of the things is, like, kicking has improved vastly in the NFL since Mason Crosby was a rookie, too. So he wasn't as comparatively bad against the rest of the league then as he would be now. And he's actually he also has improved as time has gone on. Not not the last time he kicked. but um, So it's a little bit of both. Yeah, that's, that's the answer. But... <laughs> It's what a was problem. Crosby's, you can do better. What was Crosby's first disastrous? Like I'm, when he, he missed honestly, was that 11? He, he kind of 12? He, he kind of sucked. Um the 2012 was his worst season where we were all like cut the guy. He had 63.6% yes. of his kicks. But like in tw- in 2009 he had 75% of his kicks, which is not great, you know. <laughs> um <laughs> but 2012 produced the single greatest football gif of all time. Which is have what? you guys seen it? I'm sure. Oh, so Cro- it was like Crosby missed like four kicks against the Lions like oh, in yeah. a row. Yeah. Um, and a like hurt and sidelined Greg Jennings comes over and tickles him. Have <laughs> 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 you guys not seen this? I think I've seen it, but it's old. Uh, yeah, it's 2012. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carlson probably. I, I do think there is a chance that Anders Carlson is the guy going forward. I do think there's a chance that he gets better and wins the job out of camp. I think the the thing they'll lament is, you know, if he becomes, he could become their kicker for the next 10 years. I do think that's possible. But the, I think if, if it isn't to that standard, if he isn't here for the next five, six years, they're always going to lament not having a veteran to take his place. Yep. Here Agreed. 2023. Uh, Tim Brown, because I do listen to this podcast when I'm not on it, and I greatly regret the constant inability to pronounce his name correct. Tim Brown, you never know if you'll get another chance as nothing is guaranteed, but am I really supposed to be that upset that a super young team made some made some mistakes in a game they could have won? Nah, you're not. It, it's hard in the moment, but um, and it's easy to second-guess things like the game LaFleur called and the execution of guys like Love. But one of the reasons you lose that game is inexperience. Uh, it's hard to perform under pressure at the highest level of the sport, and they didn't, and that's not surprising because they're all 25-year-olds. So, no, it being not that upset is a rational way to behave. That's fine. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
I think, you know, going back to 2010, I don't remember that season the way I remember this one. I remember the 2010 team underachieving and being a team that should be in better position. Agreed. And then they got hot and it's, and it was like, well, of course they got hot yeah. because they're really flipping good. Yeah. So the, that's the 2010 team is uh, this year's bills is kind of my comparison. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a good like D- DVOA darlings that were losing for some reason. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I do think though that, this Packers team, the one you saw in, in San Francisco and Dallas and maybe even Chicago, the, the Lambeau against Chicago, like that team actually could win the Super Bowl or at the very least get to the Super Bowl. And and you hate to see those opportunities missed because like legitimately next year, Jordan Love might get hurt yeah. or the receivers get hurt. Like that stuff. Yeah, I, I understand that. I mean, there, there should be disappointment because somehow that team was was suddenly good enough also they the, did, the they 49ers are awesome and you caught them on a bad day like Debo mm-hmm. Samuel got hurt it was raining Brock Purdy couldn't throw passes Christian McCaffrey had 12 catches or 12 targets caught seven of them for 30 yards which is trash for that guy um it was there for the taking and next time it might not be they might you know rattle off 50 points on you they do that sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good next year did you, yeah. did you guys watch the uh, Lions game at all Oh, yeah, I watched the Lions game. I, oh, my God. I was watching that whole game just going like the Packers would have gone to the goddamn Super Bowl. They, they absolutely yeah. would. They would have rolled yeah. either of those teams. I don't care if they lost to Tampa before. They would have won that game. Well, and think about how healthy this Packers team got. You know, they didn't have Kingsley and Igbari and Rudy Ford. And then Bakhtiari, who they haven't had all year, everybody else played, man. Yeah. Like, they were super, super healthy. Although that's, losing that's Tom was a big deal. But other than that. Of course. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, you're yeah, right. Losing I mean, Tom was a big deal. Everybody else has much larger complaints than I, that. I would like to formally apologize to uh, Justice for saying that we should have traded Yash when he did. We're like, no, we need a good backup tackle. And it's like, God, we should have traded Yash. <laughs> eh, he was fine. He was fine. He was fine. He's it's totally just fine. that Tom is, Tom is their best offensive Tom's lineman. Awesome. You know, yeah. you can't. And how many times did you see Aaron Jones against Dallas run right, run right, run right? Mm-hmm. Runyon shouts to you and Sean Ryan. They did their job too, but like Zach Tom just killed people in that game. He He's did. so good. <sighs> did but, you see? Uh, did, oh, did we you see really, 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 really quick. Since you brought up the Tampa Detroit game, uh, the end of that game is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, of anything in the universe, football or otherwise, I oh, can't geez. believe it happened. Um, and uh, if you you follow politics, right? Yeah, but Never people mind. are Keep trying going. to be stupid there. Um, uh, the the Lions snapping the ball with 16 seconds left on the clock, uh, so that they can't run out the clock, and then Tampa not calling a timeout when they could have gotten the ball back with like 27 seconds left, possibly uh, in pretty good field position. So uh, it just ridiculous that that even happened uh, i i would have been screaming bloody murder if i was a buccaneers fan fortunately there are no buccaneers fans so it's not a big problem <laughs> it's right a they all retired crack. with tom brady yeah <laughs> um, but so crack. but did you guys see runyon during his locker clean out mm-hmm. pretty emotional he, yeah. he said like i love it here i hope i don't leave it's like man i said a lot of mean things to him but like now i want to sign <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want to be a part of what they got going on right now? The yeah. vibes are fantastic. Everybody's mm-hmm. 23 and growing up together, and everyone's good. Yeah. Also, he's a yeah. he's a big body with T-Rex arms. Like, keep him a guard forever. I'm yeah, fine. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, he's not coming back. They're they're not gonna they're not gonna do that. <laughs> I could be wrong. I don't know, but I think Keyshawn Nixon is the only free agent that they really actually go and go and keep. Uh Derek Core says we 100% sure Joe Barry getting fired now, and if so, when? No. 
<laughs> he's not getting fired. Oh, he is. You think? Well, no. We so we have oh, confirmed yeah. that that he has more contract left, and yeah. so he would have yes. to be actually fired. One thing we did establish is it's not just renewing his like we you know his contract's not up. You got to fire him if you fire him. Do you think he's getting fired? I don't think he's getting fired. Which means I do. When when did they extend? All right. Uh, we, it's a secret. They don't have to tell us. So weird. Right, but but, if, but I'm saying like like realistically in his tenure, do you, do you think they extended him like right before Lafleur got weird about defending him? I, I, who knows? There's no way to tell. It could have been any time. It would have made just as much sense at any time. Um, I will say this for Joe. They should definitely fire him because we have a huge sample size of him sucking, and he doesn't adjust very quickly. But I do think he called actually a pretty good game against the 49ers, other than not stopping the run on the last stupid drive when it's all you had to do, again, not adjusting properly. But he had uh, corners playing more aggressively, especially when Debo went out. There was a lot of chucking at the line and a lot of fairly risky cornerback play, giving, especially given the safeties not being very good behind them. And it paid dividends for the most part. So I, I thought he called a non-terrible game in this game. And it was, you know, after a string of fairly non-terrible games. So good, good on you, Joe, of going out at least on a high note. But yeah, um, you you knew there was a McCaffrey run coming, and you, you did nothing. So, congratulations on performing the bare minimum expected as right. NFL defensive coordinator. That is what he yeah. did. Here's here's why I've been. I, I'm just convinced that they're going to move on. One is they they just have guys that are miscast. You know, like I don't even think this defense suits the guys that they have, and they need new guys anyway. But yeah. it doesn't. It, it it's just never felt like. Well, A, it hasn't felt like that they've had the right defense, but then two, just so little creativity in putting guys in position, you know, to overcome their deficiencies, to to figure out a way to keep the pressure on when Preston Smith is gassed at the end of the 49ers game because there's no Kingsley and Igbari. Smith did everything he could, but like you've got to be the guy who could figure that out. You talk about it, he, he doesn't, doesn't adjust. To he that. doesn't figure anything and, out ever. That's his main weakness. Like with a week <laughs> with a week of prep time, he can sometimes put together the start of a good game plan, and then as soon yeah. as the offense adjusts, it just it's all garbage. <laughs> His only good game plan was against a quarterback who like probably plays as well as an everyman. Yeah, like in the, in the Rams, where it's like, what if we just sold out to stop yeah, the run? That guy can't throw. <laughs> Let's just not guard the back half of the field. Yeah, that can't adjust to that. He was asked a few weeks ago about Tampa Bay, uh, why that was such a bad game. I think this was even maybe after Dallas, like he referred to it as just one bad game, just one off day. And, and that was like, dude, Seriously? come really? on, man. That was the week after Tommy DeVito. That wasn't an off day. That was exactly what we were worried was going to happen. Look, anybody based can have on a, previous data. Anybody can have a couple of 25th ranked defense seasons in a row or eight yeah. of them. It, it's possible that Matt LaFleur really said, we have to up the pressure after well even after carolina you yeah. know like it's possible that matt lafleur was just like forget it we're not doing what we're doing anymore or we're not going to the playoffs so i it could or it could be the guy got desperate and and started experimenting but i don't, I don't think he's back but there's right. too many too many good options on I, the market right I hope now that you're too right. many with lafleur connections yeah yeah i don't think he's back uh evan not text weston did I miss anybody? No, I didn't. Nope, How did a noodle-armed fraud like Brock Purdy manage to hoodwink advanced metrics like EPA per play and DVOA so badly? Are the 49ers even good? Is it possible <laughs> to evaluate individual play objectively in such a team context-dependent sport? My world is melting watching that guy toss duck after duck and then looking at his numbers. He did. And look... the rain thing is oh. real. The rain thing, first of all, the rain thing is absolutely real, and I'm bringing it up every single time in the future that it happens. Um, 
just tiny bit. Did you see he was wiping his hand mid-play? He was. He was. He would take his hand off the ball, wipe it on his jersey, and then throw the fence. He was awful in this game. And there were several columns that were like, Brock Purdy proved he's one of the, the elites after that game. And then there was one column. It, it was awesome. It was I'm glad it got ripped on a lot. It was beautiful. Um, first of all, um, Evan, uh, you're not new here, but the 49ers do this every year. <laughs> um, Jimmy Garoppolo did this. He has been a top five slash better than that quarterback when he's been in healthy and in the Shanahan offense. It's just how they they work. It makes things very, very simple. You throw short passes, uh, their tanks run far, and that makes your quarterbacking look better than it is. It's very simple premise. And Brock is good at throwing short um, and quickly to people. So, JR, what's up? The Brewers signed Reese Hoskins. Did they really? They did, baby. Oh, my God. That's so great. I might not. I might have to go. I'm very that's excited fine. about That's fine. That, that's fine. Uh, if you got to go, no, that's I fine. I don't really. I, I don't think I actually have to go. Okay. But, uh, Yes, that's but, uh, that's content. Oh, that's big. Oh, I'm sorry, Paul. You need to you we need to this. clip this and put it on the Patreon because your face was <laughs> well. Like, so here's here's one thing. So I I do a baseball podcast too, as yeah, you all yeah. know, JR does too. <laughs> um, and we we predict we get asked every week like who should the Brewers sign? Who are the Brewers going to sign? We're always wrong every single time. We're wrong, but this time like there's every only year. one there's only one logical person that they should have signed, and that is Reese Hoskins. <laughs> so every week it's like, well, they should sign Reese Hoskins. They need an impact bat. They need a first baseman. Um, he's the only one out there. They could probably afford him. They should do that, and they actually freaking did it. That's great. What a day for Milwaukee sports. Oh yeah, wow. this is a banner day. Um, fantastic all day. around. <sighs> also, um, what a so, day for Milwaukee. Everything. I had a job interview with a cheese culture plant outside of Milwaukee. Hey, nice. so <laughs> Everything's coming up Milwaukee. Are you moving to Milwaukee, Batub? I. It's a hybrid role, but maybe. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> that would be um. That would be cool. I think. I'm not it's sure. A, actually, I need well, to think about it. <laughs> It was a town just east of Milwaukee, it, with like it has like two names. Uh, you know that word. the towns just east of Milwaukee are underwater, right? <laughs> hey, it's That's a great a lake. He's not wrong. It's, or not east, west, just west of Milwaukee. Yeah, I think I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, literally, east is a lake, so I knew you meant yeah. west, but that's funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Waukesha County. Welcome aboard, sir. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, to finish um, to finish off, Evan, real quick. Um, the yeah. Shanahan offense is just an offense that will make anybody look good as long as they're halfway accurate and have not the worst arm in the league. That's all you got to have. That's what Purdy has, and they'll be good as long as they still have Debo Ayuk, Kittle, and McCaffrey on the team. Any idiot can run that offense with how it's currently constructed. That's it. Patrick Detmer, just want to thank you guys for helping us navigate yet another season. The oh. highest compliment I can pay you is that I try to listen to way too many podcasts, and I've resorted to listening to them at 1.2x speed. RAE is the only podcast that I slow down and listen to at 1.0x wow. speed, We're a so I can, speed. I can hear it as God intended. I'm thrilled that the number of weekly questions you get has exploded this year because it means more people are recognizing the great job you guys do. Thank you, Patrick Detmer. Yes. Oh, I don't listen to us. Not one. I one point five for us and everyone else. My God, uh, Patrick, that's very nice of you. We really do appreciate it. Uh, being oh, a one X speed podcast is a great honor. It's that's a good thing too because us? I did my intro so fast last week. <laughs> You really did sound like the Micro Machines guy. I thought there might have been a lag catch-up or something, but no, he was just talking fast. When I uh, when I listen to 1X, everybody just sounds drunk yeah. because there's, like, slurring, uh, there's uh, speech, 
I'm like, I'm just so used to You get snap, used to snap, it. Snap. Yep. Move, move, move. Pacing. Modern pacing. You sound like but, a 50s TV we, show. We also have the rapport to not do the um, the ah, uh, the slow pause. I mean, I'm like, all ums and ahs, so. Um, I, I feel it, like I did too. It's just part of the vernacular as opposed to going, uh, <sighs> like there's nothing drawn out. There's no pauses that are yeah. awkward. Yeah. I don't know. We we dish out an awkward laugh here and there, I think. And uh, <laughs> I'm uh, yeah, that's uh, that's very nice. Very kind of Patrick Detmer to say. Price mm-hmm. Trozen. I don't really have a question. So All I'm right. going to retire my 90s album bit after today with this. My album for the end of the season is 69 Love Songs by the Magnetic Fields. One of my personal favorites. I find it fitting. The themes of the songs of the record suit Jordan Love, and, like Love, Jordan in parentheses, and the team to a T. Also, I think all the players are just about born in 1999 or later. Jordan Love <laughs> is exciting, frustrating, gratifying, heartbreaking, inspiring, devastating, terrifying, but most of all, hopeful. And in the end, I believe someday love wins all. Have a great offseason, and I'll be back for the draft. Thanks for the great podcast. And of course, then he has a green heart and a yellow heart. Yep. Two, two hearts. Thank you, Price. And uh, I think the podcast intro music last week or two weeks ago was Come Back to San Francisco by Magnetic Fields off of that album, which it often is when we play the 49ers because it's great. So appreciate it. Have that. you updated the Spotify playlist recently? I did it like six weeks ago, so it is a little out of date. But it will... right, well, end of season update. Gotta yep, do that. We'll do it. We'll do it. It's like 250 songs long now. So we've been it. doing this a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's good. I was looking to see if there was an album in the '90s that had the road on it, since I was able to travel on the road. But the only, I think of the Long Road by Nickelback. But a that sucks, and b I think it's like 2003. So I'll have to keep right. looking. I'll find a '90s album. I'll find a '90s album to flaunt the fact that I actually got to travel to these two games. What? No, it's amazing, guys. It was amazing. Okay, it, bless the broken road amazing. by by uh, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, covered Isn't by that Marcus Rascal Hummen. Flats. Rascal Flats cover is uh like way later but the original is yeah. from the 90s all right uh lucas stoller if the packers already exceeded expectations and were playing with house money how did that game still end up breaking my heart so badly because <laughs> they got close it, it was the uh the worst way to lose that game i think because it was close yeah. the defensive performance was good enough that they might consider keeping barry um and it, it was hopeful like they were so close i'd rather if i'm they gonna lose won. Uh, I, the best way I think to lose is a shootout, like the Arizona shootout. Like then it's like offense is still kicking butt. Uh, you were close. Your good part played good. Your bad part play, played bad. The guy will get fired. But no, they gave you hope and they took it away. They were so close to winning this game. So close. Yeah, they were the better team. Yep. And you get to that stage, like it doesn't matter how much house you can talk yourself into believing that you're going to be fine with any outcome. You're not going to be fine. You are not with any outcome. You know you you. You cheer for a team that was a six seed that won the Super Bowl, you know? So, of course, you're going to think there's a chance that you're going to win the Super Bowl. And there is youngest, a chance they could have won the Super yeah, Bowl. And like, the youngest team to ever make the playoffs. The only seven seed to win a game since the format was invented. The right? only seven seed. I love that. Oh, God. Yes. Yes, they moved to one in five or one in six, whatever it is. Um, all right, Donald Anderson, update. The Packers have gone zero games since receiving a personal foul. I think they got two in this game. And with this, we retire the J.R. Radcliffe Memorial personal foul meter. <laughs> the end of an era. Speaking of end of eras, here's the question. Which player have we seen for the last time in a Packers uniform? Bakhtiari, Runyon, Savage, Devondre, and Dylan would seem like the starters who are locks to not be here next season, although Savage might make a case to stay. Conversely, I would hope they work out something to keep Aaron Jones. Do you see a world where any of these guys are back? 
I think they'll put, make a strong play for Jones. I'll bet Savage is back because they have no safeties. Mm. Yeah, mm. I, I, I don't agree with that, but I bet he is. Um, just because. How are they going to pay that man? I don't think it'll cost very much. Isn't it? Yeah. He's like, the rest of the league was. Who's going to pay Darnell Savage? Like, yeah. They were like, he's not even worth his fifth, uh, fifth year option. I think a for- former first round pick who has been a starter who can go 4 3, I think is going to get paid. I d- even, I, if, even if the tape is lousy. I will bet he's back. But I hope well, you're right. He's the right. gump out there, man. Like, um, ba- Bakhtiari, I think, will be gone one way or another. Um, Runyon, I, I hope yeah. they bring back, but I'm not optimistic on Campbell. Yeah, nice, nice job. Goodbye. See you later. Hand him his arc gone. card on the way out. Yeah. The door. and Dylan, I, I, Dylan, it kind of does. I think depend on the market a little bit because they're they will they're not going to have any running backs. Like they'll make a play for Jones, but they there are none on the team, and he might be cheap. Like he might be cheap better an option. So he Emmanuel Wilson. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> He, He'll to, be, he might be back. He might, okay. because who, why not? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I feel very strongly that Jones will be back. I think that he'll be willing. He, I, there's just a lot. And he's no, just like, amazing guy. He's, so he's amazing as a dude. He's He is the leader in that locker room. Yeah. He is also he's really valuable. I know we say it a lot. He is much better than every other running back. He, he is the mm-hmm. exception to the running back rule. Um, they, they really are better with him than they are with anybody else they could possibly have. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Deal, the Packers are playing better than a postseason opponent and still losing seems to happen very often. The Packers playing better than a postseason opponent and losing seems to happen very often. It was noted that they have five leads in five different playoff games in the final five minutes and still lost since 2000. This is over two decades, three different quarterbacks and multiple head coaches. Bad luck isn't quantifiable. So what else can this be attributed to? Uh, I mean, it's bad luck. It's mostly bad luck. I mean, no, we've we've got to find some kind of curse. I mean, right? like, some of it is McCarthy uh, conservatism, and agreed. some of it is uh, this young person, young team. This one, just you're young, you're inexperienced, and your your coach was a little conservative, trying to protect you. I think that, um, but it's mostly just bad luck. It happens. Um, you know that it is what it is. We 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 have so many columns from so many people, Zach Cruz, other people, on all the things that had to go wrong for like the 2014 game. You know, that's just bad. Luck. Oh God, that's all it is. Yeah, but and you know, I what think I'm saying like, is, we got we got to find a curse, man. Like, so the curse of Kurt Warner was broken last year. Yeah, we don't. So need that means to that find we, got, we don't need. To we got to find some 24 year curse that the Packers have to break. You don't want to impose a curse on yourself. That's a no. I'm saying there idea. there there is a curse that we're not accounting for. I, we need to figure out what it is. I think also it's easy to overlook. I mean, it's easy to make it seem like the Packers are special in this regard. And they are in that they always make the playoffs. Like they have a very good track record, but you know, look at what the Buffalo bills have been through. (laughs) I mean, they Mm -hmm. just, they find interesting. They found so many interesting ways to lose. They lost. Obviously, you know what they did against the chiefs. They lost to the chiefs in overtime in that absolute zany thriller in 2021. They lost to the chiefs by two touchdowns in 2020. So that doesn't really count. They lose in overtime to Houston in 2019, 10 to three to Jacksonville in 2017, 22 to 16 to Tennessee in, in 1999. Okay. There's like a 18 year gap between playoff appearances. I get that, but that's a cursed franchise. I mean, they went to four straight super bowls and didn't win any of them. Yep. Amazing. That's a cursed franchise. Such a good 30 for 30 though. Four Falls of Buffalo. Incredible. Four Falls of Buffalo is so good. 
incredible, incredible stuff. All right. David says, was losing in a close game the worst case scenario, not only psychologically, but also in terms of our future prospects of competence at the defensive coordinator position? I believe that is yeah, just what Paul it said. Was. It was the worst, mm-hmm. worst case scenario. Hopefully they do the right thing, but didn't help. Did not help. PJ Wessel says, thanks for another great season. Can't wait for draft time. Why did we see so little of Wicks and Melton? Uh, uh, so snap count breakdown, most of those snaps did go to Watson. Um, the, the difference between Dallas and 49ers was pretty much that. Um, there was also too much Josiah DeGuerra, who got six snaps for some reason, which is, uh, he did get snaps against Dallas, but that he got snaps against Dallas in that little bit of garbage time when they brought in all the backups to play, and then they had to bring the starters back. Um, not like, DeGuerra, had, DeGuerra had snaps on the opening drive. <laughs> yes. So um, some of them went to Josiah DeGuerra, some of them went to Ben Sims. Again, not great. Ben Sims had a catch. He did. He had a catch. Um, but it was mostly Watson taking like these actual starters role and running with it, which is my biggest complaint about the game. That's not how this is supposed to work. Uh, and uh, the tight ends shouldn't have had more work in this game. They should have had less. They, uh, 49ers are, like I think, third in DVOA against tight ends. Nobody, No tight ends do anything against them. It was a stupid part of the game plan boo yeah i uh maybe maybe lafleur was just like i got a kyle use check too and i want to show him off here's yeah. josiah deguara just one last time one last time <laughs> uh okay ted korth says not really a question relevant to the pack thankfully but who's the best college quarterback prospect based on paul's magic metrics and the rae hive mind Ooh, uh, we have a hive mind paul's metrics are not done yet they, they need to be adjusted for equality of defenses faced and quality of receivers i will tell you Jaden daniels had like the best quarterback season of all time he was the best passer and he rushed for 1100 yards um so it's him but there are problems with that guy uh, one of which is two years ago, he was sacked on 30% of his pressures, which is incredible. He did manage to get it down to 20% this year, but that's still high and worrying given what happened last year. <laughs> um, so um, it, it's him. And uh, then I think Caleb is second in terms of draft eligible guys. Penix is very high. Um, he gets hurt all the time and probably won't go that high. Uh, May is down a little bit because he, he actually didn't have that good a completion percentage. Um, and uh, so it, it gets a little tricky. I got to do adjustments. They, they will matter a lot this season. So I'll, I'll let you know later. But it's going to be Daniel statistically because he was phenomenal. Uh, what if Michael Penix drops to 25 and Brian Goodkin's high on his own uh, hmm. recent draft success? It's like, you know what? Let's I mean, I we can Michael almost... Penix is already like 40 years old, and I don't think that would yeah, work. We can already pretty much guarantee he'll be there. I think but... he's going to fall pretty far. Uh, yeah, I I'm think thinking third round, man. His medicals are going to hurt Oh, him. really? Yeah. Yeah, we're, you're looking at a hooker, like a Hayden Hooker. Kinda... I, I like Penix a lot, but a lot, oh, of people, no. a lot of people hate his short passing game, and a lot of people hate his medicals. Uh, uh, the left-handed thing seems to drive some criticism that seems unwarranted, frankly. Uh, he's an old and... Uh, he, some people think he has no arm strength, Justice being one of them. Some people think he has phenomenal arm strength. Everybody on Twitter. Um, so uh, I think yeah. he falls. I bet yeah, he's a third rounder. I am looking at some mock drafts, and there is one that has him at number eight, and then the other two do not have him in the first round. Yeah. So controversial. <laughs> do, you, do you think that Jerry Rice has anything to do with the left-handed quarterback criticism? Did he do not remember, like Steve like, Young? So when Steve Young was named the starter, Jerry made a big deal about getting – uh, opposite spin jug setups 
and like catching thousands of balls because the opposite spin made it difficult. That's just Jerry being Jerry Rice. Like that's Michael Jordan stuff. Like, no one that's, remembers but, that. Yeah, I I, I don't that. think that. <laughs> well, I know, I know, but I'm saying like that, that that has not made it into the zeitgeist where it's like, oh, because Jerry Rice didn't like left quarterback, like it, who by the way helped him have a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, right. But, or, but that's what I'm saying. Like if if the the dude who has the greatest work ethic of all time says that like it takes work to catch from a left handed quarterback, I wonder if that affects things. Yeah. Jerry Rice fumbled. Romeo's love connection says, I know the mantra of RAE is running backs don't matter except when they do. Specifically, our beloved Aaron Jones. But even if the Packers manage to keep him in bubble wrap until late December again, they need to have a suitable mm-hmm. replacement, right? Are there comps suggesting his limited workload will preserve him? Or should they go bananas on drafting Jones clones on day three or something else? <laughs> I'm for Jones clones day three. <laughs> I am also for Jones clones day three. And they do, you are correct. They need to plan for the future. Even if they do bring him back, he is going to be 30. He is very tiny for a between-the-tackles guy. And he's just not going to last that long. Like, yeah, at some point, Jones will stop being Jones. And you need to have people behind him when that happens. And, and also, they have to pay Jordan Love, so they can't pay Aaron Jones anymore. Also that. Yeah. This was a perfect season for Jones, where the injuries or whatever it was that sidelined him early in the season allowed him to be at full strength. I mean, that's this is how great is this? 10 to 15 carries a game, doesn't play every game, yeah. and then suddenly the last four he games should, of the season, boom, 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 boom. He should make himself the Odell Beckham of running backs for the rest of his career. Just don't play the first, like, 10 games of the season, uh, see who is in need of a running back late, and just... He's a mercenary. Him. He should just yeah. be a merc. Like, it, it would work great. So you guys are saying that, like, unironically the thing that McCarthy said he was doing ended up working out. You guys remember? like Not like, giving him serious. Sa- yeah, yeah. I mean, he literally said we're saving him for the playoffs. I do. So, like- so I do, actually, I, I do think that is warranted in retrospect. He's just not, you know, he's, he's not a big bruiser. He would wear down. This is probably a smart way to handle his usage. I, I, I do yeah. agree with that. Yeah, so I, it's not that they're looking for – I mean, Jones clones, I guess, is a way to say it, but they might yeah. they may be trying to draft like their workhorse, yep. even in the rookie season. You know, like it's a Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery thing. Like, are they drafting a Gibbs or are they drafting the Montgomery? You know, yep. Richard Proctor. That was one of that. That one was on me, everyone. Sorry. Every time I have texted my friend something to the effect of Jordan Love is so good. He makes an unbelievably poor thrower decision within an hour. It's like the Warner Brothers dancing frog cartoon. <laughs> so going forward, I will not text anyone about how good Jordan Love is. This reminded me of that on the NFL Films commemorative documentary on the Packers' 96-season VHS tape I wore out. This woman claims that the Packers' three losses that year all came when she failed to dress up her dog in his Packer gear. So my question is, what is the weirdest, best, craziest, otherwise notable sports Packers superstition you have heard? Uh, I don't know that I've really heard any. We all have them, though. I've got... uh, Here's one. Do you all have jerseys? You might not share, but do you have jerseys you protect from games that you think they'll lose? Because I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a Charles Woodson jersey and I lost it. And uh, now I have my Tecmo jersey, which is still undefeated. And I didn't wear because I went to the bar and it's a little weird, which is my fault for also for losing so, that game. I pulled out my Woodson jersey for the wildcard round. Um, I haven't worn it all year. I was like, all right, this is my playoff jersey. So I, I don't know if my Woodson jersey is now lost because they won. So I, yeah, I don't know. But um, I mean, you you guys know I only have one like actual sports superstition, right? Nope. Oh, Tell I, us I, all about it. 
No, it's it's not even a big like I refuse to buy current player jerseys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, will, oh, sure. I didn't know that was a superstition. I just thought that's it was just smart. sound advice. Yeah. No, but like, yeah, but like because the no, but because the moment that I buy that jersey, that person is going to suck, get traded, get arrested, you know, or start, get involved in a Mississippi fraud scandal. You never know. Yeah, or, yeah. or or start a cult in rural Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a jersey. Back leader. That's that's a jersey I had to get rid of, you guys. I did. I got burned on. Yep, yep. Gotta get rid of that one. That Oops. one turned into a Halloween costume. Is what happened there. Hey, you know what? Maybe I'll turn it into a Carl Brooks jersey. <laughs> Hold on, I'm pl- mapping that out in my head to see if you can get the letters to work out. If you just black out different, there's so many letters there. But oh, there's a um, there's a company that'll sell new nameplates that match your jersey. Oh, really? Oh, that's perfect. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Smart. Uh, let's see where are we going here. Um, I believe we're on Rob Regis. Yeah, I don't. Rob Regis. I don't know a lot of superstitions to go back to that. Like I don't have any, and I don't know people who do. I I'm sure they're out there, and I just am missing them. Uh, Rob Regis asks, when will we know if when Joe Barry is safe? That's going to be Monday, when uh, Lafleur meets yep. with Joe Barry. Presumably there'll be something after that. Can I go really quick back to the last question? Because I, I remember yeah. something ridiculous that existed for a moment. Um, so Bill Simmons, now a billionaire because he was a blogger for a little bit, um, it once wrote for ESPN's Page 2, which attempted to be a cool version of ESPN, but it had Skip Bayless on it, so it wasn't. Um, and they were actually, at one point, uh, animated Bill Simmons cartoons on Page 2. And there is one where he is watching the Red Sox play, of course he is, and they do start doing things good as he like gets up and is standing on one foot and bends over to get like a snack, and then the cartoonist is having to hold that position for the whole rest of the game. So um, I just want to put out there into the world: there are Bill Simmons cartoons that exist in the world. Those are things that happened on ESPN. How deeply upsetting. Yes, it is. I Bill think Simmons sports... is a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> sports fandom is so irrational as it is. I mean, it is irrational it is crazy we don't need to like sell the idea to people around us by only wearing the same socks or standing on one foot or whatever it is only eating nachos during the first quarter like it's already nuts we're already nut jobs we don't need Um, to add to it by the way my vintage turtleneck is undefeated and i've won a raffle prize every time i wore it to the brewery (laughs) nice work Uh, Sports are already ridiculous. Yes. My turtleneck is super, super powered. lucky. But, so also, JR, it lo- also looks awesome, Jr. You've seen it. <laughs> I, it's good. I, yeah. I'm, I have no. I can't. I can't knock that one. So, Jr. You think we'll know Barry on Monday? Is that was that the answer to the uh, question? I do. Okay. I do. I, I think there'll be something. I mean, either there's going to be an annou- there could be no announcement as an indication that he's back, but I think it's. I think we're going to have some some clarity on Monday. All right. I, I mean, I I, I want to be clear. I don't I don't know if they're like I have no inside information on this. I have no idea. I just I just I just feel like that's what's happening. You know, if they want to take a step forward, they got it. They got to get out of there. Yeah, they the do. Situation they're in they absolutely do. Clarity be, be on like, Monday sounds like a '90s jam. Be band. like the Bucks. <laughs> yes, yes. Be like the Bucks. Get ahead of that. Well, they're already they already missed that that train, but like do <laughs> the best the best opportunity to have done that was five minutes ago. The next best opportunity is right, right now. now. Mattingly sideburns. Thank you for a great season, boys. How much of an effect do you think Zach Tom's injury had on the floundering offense in the fourth quarter? So like much, a lot. yeah, a lot, a ton. Um, they stopped going downfield, I think, because they felt like they couldn't buy enough time to do it, and the running game mm-hmm. also suffered. So yeah, it was it was huge. 
Zach Tom is a boss. Yeah. What a boss. Watching him play is a joy. He is a joy. Yeah. Great player. On the short list for the best Packer of this season. Like, Yeah, absolutely. Keith Keskinen, Paul was critical of several game elements, specifically Matt LaFleur's game plan and usage of wide receivers. There was also a Dan Marino reference that I assume was about the bright future many, including myself, see for this team and roster. Yes, that's what it was. My question is... <clears throat> My question is, should I have been more upset about this loss given the great opportunity they had despite playing, at best, okay offensively? I'm looking forward to the draft and improvement during the offseason. Jordan, even with some head-scratching throws, looks poised to be one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFC. I think he's actually number one. Yeah, I think so, And the too. Packers should have a top-five offense in the league next year. A change in D.C., while unlikely, should occur, and competition at kicker should be brought in. Overall, very pleased with the season and looking forward to the future. Thank you, Keith, for our, all yeah, those thoughts. But, appreciate it. And, and we did we did kind of talk about should they be more upset. You know, yeah, they should be yeah. upset, but it was I, still like, a really good showing. It was. I, I, I was super upset day of, and then I woke up the next morning like believing yeah. the the BS that I told myself before the game. Yep. Yeah. I was kind of the same way. I was super hacked off in the moment and uh, I think justifiably so, but it's fine. Yeah. But then you wake up yeah. the next morning and you're like, yeah, they're young. They're young. House money. Blah, blah, blah. Playoffs <laughs> are hard, man. They, they are. It's, it's not easy. There's only one team that wins the Super Bowl. JD said there were a lot of if only this had happened in this game. What's the biggest if this happened, they win? Mm. For me, it's probably turning one of the early field goals into a touchdown or Savage holding onto that INT. Sub-question, do you think Keyshawn Nixon is back? Nixon, I think, is back. I think so, too. I do too. Yeah, I think he's back. Um, I think if Aaron Jones sits down in that zone on third and two with 13.35 left in the fourth quarter and just catches that two-yard pass that was directly to him, uh, that they probably win the game. That I think Savage catches the int. I don't think it was a walk-in, but yeah, I still there were people I still think, there. I think I still think he might have housed it. He would have had to avoid... Uh, oh, he, I, I think he houses it. Yeah. He's fast. He's going to house he is it. He's fast. And he was also moving when he caught it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Just like Dallas. Just like Dallas. I do think that's the one, because... Not, not it's obviously the points, but but also it takes away McCaffrey to some degree in a game where Brock, Brock Purdy can't hit the broadside of a of a barn, you know. So that really puts the 49ers behind the eight ball. Yeah, and yeah. I I don't know. I'd like to know also what happens if that intentional grounding call gets called with him out of the pocket. Oh, he he yeah, he was just back ten yards. He wasn't. Oh my god, I was so yeah mad. yeah. It was a it was a big mistake. It was a big now mistake. They, Two plays later, they throw the touchdown to Kittle. That might happen anyway. That's a down-the-field play. But yeah. I would like to know what happens there because that was not a hard call. That was an easy one. And, uh, you know, at least the spots, the the fourth down spots, you can you can argue is such an inexact science. I don't know where the science is that tells you that that guy was outside the pocket. Yeah. Also, totally. Love got that. He absolutely got that. Yeah. I think so, too. Yes, me too. I, I couldn't tell from where I was sitting or seeing, but... Uh, John P, obviously a down lineman, says, this has been a nagging point for me. It seems like we're giving the defense a pass for the last drive by Purdy in the San Francisco offense. Was this another example of the conservative, leaky, buried defense rearing its ugly head so that now Shanahan in San Francisco is 1-30 in, in games where they enter the fourth quarter behind five points per shift? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's that's yeah. right. It, and we all knew it, right? Like as soon as that happened, like oh we're up we're up by four. Oh this sucks. That's what the, that's yeah. what that was. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, because the the analytics say that that four is a less safe lead than three. Than three. Right? That's right. Um, and yeah, um, they did exactly what we thought they would do. They, and 
they went back to their bread and butter, which is the worst thing to do against the 49ers. All they do, all they want to do is throw in front of your defense and have those guys break tackles and run through people. And that's all they did. Uh, that's that's the entire thing. Uh, Brandon Ayuk to 10 yards, Chris Conley for 17. Who the hell is Chris Conley? Uh, George Kittle for eight yards. Like just little tiny things, easy peasy, all the way down the field. Stupid garbage. I, I will say this. The guy sitting next to me in the press box said, oh, now they're going to go six minutes, you know, use up the clock and score a touchdown. And of course, I believed him. Of course, I thought that was true. Yeah. I think the, the surprise was that there was one minute still on the clock yep. when they scored. I will give the defense credit, though, that again, before that drive, they hadn't even gotten inside the 30. That drive doesn't continue if Brandon Ayuk doesn't make an incredible catch. That was inc- for once Brock Purdy made the perfect throw. Great coverage. And, and he makes that catch. So, like, the defense on some level still did their job in this game. But did I think they were going to score a hundred thousand percent? No doubt in my mind that that it was it was a question of if time would be left on the clock. Mm-hmm. Brian Ziegler says the quality of the adjudication of this game seems to be getting much, much worse, which seems to be feeding the conspiracy theories about betting and predetermined outcomes. Everything seems to circulate around the difficulty in spotting balls, seeing penalties and so forth being related to ref incompetence. Seeing as many of these problems are absolutely solvable issues. Why is the league not solving this? Does this become damaging to the game at some point? Uh, no. I mean, it doesn't matter how damaged the game is. Us idiots are still going to watch it. It's the, It doesn't hurt ratings, like the, that's yeah. for sure. The, the Chiefs game is the most watched playoff game in history. It's 50 million people yeah. watch that game. And before that, they got people to actually sign up for Peacock. <laughs> they did. Hey, um, I get Peacock for free with my cable subscription, so I have never complained about a Peacock you. game. They, they just nice. don't. They don't want full time refs. It's an expense they think they don't need, um, and they would rather have incompetence than corruption. As long as, and all, honestly, like incompetence helps to shield you a little bit too. And, and mm-hmm. the an NFL game is really hard to call. There's a lot to watch. There's a lot of subjective calls. Holding is just a thing that happens on every play, and uh, it's only a problem when it starts affecting ratings, and it hasn't affected ratings. So yeah. Do you think that there's a bit of a like a baseball-esque thought process in not um, adding intelligence to the game? Like not adding sensors to the ball for placement or... Could be. Like, kind of like that as a theory, actually. <laughs> right, like because right, like, you got to play with a wooden bat because like, it's the same bat that they played with in 1897. And like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's a, it's a matter of bucking against tradition because this game has completely morphed from the one that existed in 1936 or whatever but um i do think it's it's a process it's a slow process to get these things implemented correctly and i do think we're in this compromise phase where the video quality is so good that i'm not going where you think i am like the fans see it so much better than the refs you know we get replay on half the plays yeah and and then the other half we don't you know and it's like well you can't slow down the game and have everything reviewed by by replay but mm-hmm. it, it seems so frustrating to have that technology and not be able to apply it to every single situation, like spotting the ball every time. I mean, it seems like that would be an obvious fix, but you can't do that Yeah, that's because true. then it's it's a seven hour game. So it's it's just this tough middle ground where we haven't figured out a way to speed that process along. Yeah, and I don't know how we would do it other than sensors in yeah. the ball. Real quick. Also, I don't want to ignore the elephant on Twitter today, which was Warren Sharp, who accused the NFL of malfeasance and rigging games. Um, by citing one referee who had a very lopsided home away record. I don't remember who it was. I don't care. And uh, I think it was T- uh, Timo Riske, I think, basically. One of the PFF guys did. I think it was him. Uh, basically broke it down, ran a bunch of simulations with the null hypothesis, and 
said, no, that record would be expected over the number of uh, refs refing games over the course of a season. And in fact, if that guy's record didn't exist, it would be more indicative that they were fixing games because they would all be too close to 50-50. So mm-hmm. um, go check that out if you think Warren Sharp is correct. It's oh, very... it, it, you mean Tyler Brickner? Uh, yes, Tyler Brickner is Warren Sharp. Tyler Brickner is a shyster and a, stupid a charlatan. Yes, that's correct. And <laughs> that man doesn't know anything about football and just has a large audience and says stupid things on Twitter to get clicks. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, Tyler Brickner... We're just awash in conspiracies and all facets, and think that the refs are are fixing games. Like friends, they're just well, not Jr. Good. They they have they're to fix the games. Yeah. The, they have to fix the games so the colors match the logo. Yes, well, words are spells. I love so, that one. Yes, Hanlon's razor remains undefeated. So unbelievable, by the way, just incredible stuff. I mean, Aaron, and he's gonna run around saying he was right when the one seeds win this weekend, and it's Ravens 49ers. Yep. That crazy mofo is going to be so excited about how he fa- he uh, yeah. landed on again. this incredible theory. Uh, <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson talked about how uh, science was used in the discovery of the new world to act as a magician. In that, yeah. in that um, uh, I think he said it was like, it was Columbus who showed up and was like, give me some of your, your stores so I can make it back. And they're like, no. And he goes, well, then fine. I am going to turn the moon blood red with the power of my God if you don't give me here. Because he knew there was an eclipse coming because of science. (laughs) And so then the natives all thought he was a god and gave him their stuff. And that's just like Aaron Rodgers is just using basic like logic to say the one seeds are going to match the. (laughs) Yeah. All right, we uh, we have more questions, so I'm going to try Let's to go. get through them Let's quickly. Yeah. Danish Cheese said, so Aaron Jones seemed to be a huge addition to the offense when finally healthy. What would be your approach to spending draft and cap resources in 2024, combining the following elements? Number one, resigning Aaron Jones and letting him do his magic. Number two, drafting some running backs. Yep. How many? Which rounds? Number three, drafting off- offensive linemen to make less than stellar RBs also have a chance at success. Number four, anything else? They're going to have to sign Aaron Jones at, for less money, but yeah. he's, he's already taken a cut once, and it seems like that's possible that he can do it again. And then, uh, yeah, they draft a backup running back, and a, they, their first-round pick should be an offensive lineman. So it's, to me, kind of simple. Yeah, I agree with all that. I, I would I would take one, at least one running back. I'd probably take two. I would try and get a like a more every-downy Dylan-type guy, and I'd try and get a pass-catcher-type mm-hmm. guy. And I don't take running backs before the fourth, um, and I, that's even kind of hurting me a little bit to do that, but that's that's where I do that. Yeah, Paul's over here like, why don't you just draft Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams again? Yes, correct. That's fine. That works great. It, look what happened last time. It worked great. Do it again. Hey, do you yeah. guys remember the last O-line that we took in the first round? Uh, this guy that broke his leg. Was it John Michaels? I thought it was Balaga. Derek Sherrod? Derek Sherrod is who uh, I was trying to think of. Was Sherrod after Derek Balaga? Is, uh, Derek Sherrod's 2011. That's okay. a long Balaga time. Balaga was 10, I think. Oh, so, yeah, we, I thought Balaga been. was after that. Uh-huh. No, Balaga's a rookie in the Super Bowl, so that would be correct. He is 2010. Uh-huh. Balaga's a rookie Ram, in the Super Bowl. Well Ram done. Balaga. Ow. Ah, well. I, I, just, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> so is it Derek Sherrod? Did they, have they really not taken a – I guess not. Uh, I, I believe that's the last first I think it's Derek Sherrod. Also, I've always said Sherrod. I've never heard that's his name. That's weird. It's extremely weird of you. Derek Kate, Sherrod? Key time seven. It seems like proven kickers are at a premium for once. However, it feels like we could trade a sixth or seventh with a newfound urgency to build a championship roster. Doing so would require the following assumptions. Goody would resist a low pick, imagining a Lou Nichols rather than a Carrington Valentine. 
We could take a relatively small cap hit for the vet kicker, which we probably cannot. Kickers might make a difference in an elimination game, maybe. Management would cut Anders, which they won't. No. The question is, with a new window opening, should the Packers trade bottom-of-the-barrel picks for more proven guys like the special team support roles? We could still be a draft and develop operation with big-time picks. The best kickers in football were all undrafted or taken off practice squads. That's right. That's correct. Justin Tucker was undrafted. Never draft a kicker. Correct. The, the, so was the, Cairo the, Santos. The freaking so was... Cowboys kicker was a, just a soccer player whose wife said that he could do better than the kickers that existed in the league. Totally. And, and then he did. So, like, you can – I always say I always say on this podcast, kicking is not as hard as it's made out to be. Uh, they should raid more soccer leagues for that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, There are a lot of them out there. You can teach them how to do it. It's Yeah. Kickers are just sociopaths with good muscle memory. That's right. That is correct. Dutch Boy 5. Well, it was quite the ride. It was quite a ride this news on. Am I reading that wrong? No, he wrote it uh, wrong. Oh, okay. Well, it was quite a ride. Ups and downs and hope and disappointment. First, let me say I love the show, and it always is a good part of the season, no matter the no matter the play. But I think back to my preseason hopes for this team. Exceeded expectations on most of them. Best one that hit was obviously Jordan Love. Worst miss is I think we have another year of Joe Barry. What say you? Besides Love and Barry, what are the best hit and worst miss of this team from your preseason hopes? I literally predicted the record. And well the playoff. Nice work. Do you guys remember that? Um, I said, I yeah. said that at best, oh. this is a six win team with a nine win schedule. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I said they that. went on a te- they would go on a tear after the Chiefs game. That was a little off. My best, had... yeah. My, my best call is Dontavian Wicks, who is actually good <laughs> and who I said would be really, really good, and he is. So my best non Packer is C.J. Stroud, who I said was the best quarterback in that draft by far, and he definitely is. So um, those are those are good. He definitely uh, outplayed Joe Flacco. Yeah, misses. <laughs> Um, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, I know I had misses, but Reed's my worst miss. People will bring that up yeah. if I don't. So <laughs> easy. Do people still I... yell at you on Twitter about that? Uh, yeah, uh, which is fine. I was wrong. So whatever. There you go. You had me believing too midway through the year that Jordan Love was a hundred percent not it. I believe that full. I mean, throatedly. I also believe that full throatedly. I've never seen an in season turnaround like that. So. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, it's kind of unprecedented. Has it ever happened before? <laughs> uh, so ap- after week eight, he went to the Josh Allen School of Driveline, and then... <laughs> oh yeah, just a wild, incredible turn of events. And yeah, he is the best quarterback in the NFC. Now that's unfair, probably to Jalen Hurts or even Jared I think it's unfair Goff, to. I, guess. I think it's unfair to Dak. Um, oh yeah, maybe who we saw suck yeah. against us, but I think was the best quarterback in the NFC by pretty large margin this year and yeah. has been in the past like Dak's pretty good but but again your point your point is a good point Dak's not that good if he was in the AFC he'd be like the seventh best quarterback well, right so right, right. Dak, yeah. Dak is firmly in that like Philip Rivers like like will win you games but is not ever going to be the top three of the league yeah I think that's a little harsh on Philip actually but yeah I got your point <laughs> Rivers well, okay, yeah. Also, Phil, Rivers played for a tire fire of a franchise. Yeah, he did. You're, you're right there. I'm waiting for a reference to the number of children that he has, Matub. Yeah. Felt like that was where you were going to go. He currently has more than Cromartie. He has more than the number of questions we have to go still. Let's get, it's true. get this puppy rolling. Mark, Mark Hackett, I insist that Paul read this in the thickest tippery tongue that <laughs> oh, he can God. muster. 
I know he wants to, and my tub's effort last week was abysmal. I have so many questions and was mulling over what to ask you, and then I saw JR's tweet about the 49ers snaps in the red zone. Does that stat prove the folly of Ben, but don't break mentality? <laughs> uh, uh, should I do my Irish brog for the addendum? Let's go. Let's go. Addendum. Just want to reiterate that the others have said above, the, above and thank you for all the hard work during the season. I stumbled across this podcast accidentally, but I'm so happy that I did. I have followed the Packers from afar for a long time now, but never fully understood the intricacies of the game. You have taught me plenty, and all the while it has been fun. I'm working my way through take, take Your Eye Off the Ball after it was recommended on an episode, and that too have opened my eyes. Thank you. Oh my God, that's the best Liverpool accent I've ever heard. Oh my God! You this sound you sound like Patty the Batty Pimblet. Oh, that was tough. He insisted. Tough. I wouldn't have done it, it voluntarily. Scouser. <laughs> <laughs> I think it does prove the folly of the bend but don't break. Um, I yeah because yeah. you'll bend and then you'll. Break. The thing about the bend but don't break is it's not like a strategy. It's just a function of how the size of the field works. It's easier to <laughs> defend smaller fields. It's so if you have. If you have terrible safeties, then you use the end zone as your safe. There's a Futurama, the first one with Zap Brannigan. If you watch it, you'll know who that is. If you don't, I'll get to it. He was an incompetent military leader. And uh, he received one of his military stars for defeating, defeating the Killbot army. And the way he defeated the Killbot army is by realizing that the Killbots all have a set amount of people they can kill before their memory gets clogged up and they deactivate. And so he just sent that number of people at them until they had finished killing all of them and couldn't operate anymore. And I feel like that's what the Ben description is the best part. He's like, I sent wave after After wave wave of my own men. Until the killbots ran out of killing space and couldn't kill anymore. That's the bend but don't break defense. It's just not doing anything and the space compresses and then you get better at defense because the space compresses. All right. Rush the passer. Rush the passer. Yes, do that. Blitz. Create pressure. Old man on a bike in Sterlington. Old man on a bike. I'm just an old man on a bike. But I know what it means to compete, though most of the bicyclists I'm competing against on the pedestrian path have no idea I'm competing against them. (laughs) (laughs) In this regard, I don't think this season could have gone a whole lot better for the Packers and the potential to compete for multiple Super Bowls. We seemingly found our quarterback, four or five solid wide receivers, two tight ends, and shipped a lunatic to the Jets. Meanwhile, the Bears continue to suck and the Vikings don't have a quarterback. These are all good things, and I can't wait for next season. My question is, what are you most looking forward to next season? I'm personally looking forward to love winning MVP, the Packers winning a Super Bowl, and gloating to all my coworkers and neighbors. Yeah, those yeah. are all good. I like that. Um, I look forward to the ascension of uh, a shakeup in the receivers or one of them taking a step forward. Like if Watson gets back to normal, great. But I want to see Wicks like go out and grab that sucker and become a starter on the outside. That's what I want to see next year. Um, but like just the offense, fully formed for a whole season – um, running smoothly with a lot of confidence and another year of experience, they should be dynamite. Like uh, this should be like a, an obviously awesome playoff team from the get go. That's what I want to see. I am so looking forward to Bo Melton being our Tyler Lockett. Yeah, where like he's gonna be sneaky good, and then like next year someone's gonna write an article like Bo Melton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean. He, he, like a low volume super DVOA guy. That'll be me writing yes. that article. That's what I pay attention to. So that, those are my guys. You can't write that article because you I killed Alan Lazard. No, you killed Alan Lazard. 
Oh, I did by writing that he was good. Yeah. You yeah. wrote you wrote that he's a DVOA darling, and then he tore a, a <laughs> core muscle the next week. <laughs> I am very powerful. The good news is, even if Bo Melton doesn't work out, they got five other guys. So. Yep. All right, we're almost there, guys. Spot. Let's bring this puppy home. Ma- Matt Pickett says the NFL can't be rigged, right? Very few players would consider throwing games, right? But when so many competitive games hinge on just one or two plays, a well-timed bad ref call could be enough to actually determine the outcome. With Vegas and the NFL being very cozy these days on a scale of 1 to 10, where 10 is, there's microchips in the Pfizer vaccine. How crazy is this concept? It's pretty crazy. I would give it like a a, a 10 crazy. Here's why. Um, We, as observers of these games actually can kind of tell if there are shenanigans going on like you see a bad call you want to blame it on the refs you want to maybe blame it on conspiracies about the refs hating your team that's fine uh but if if, if a referee was rigging games uh you would probably be able to tell pretty quickly that it was going on um it would show up as huge a, a huge outlier there would be a bunch of really bad calls um honestly it, from a game-to-game basis there's usually not a huge amount of very obvious overturns that you would need to f- actually be able to rig a game. Like measurements are, you know, hard to get. Like they're very inexact. It's not great, but, um, it, you know, it, it's it's just it comes down to an inch one side or the other. It's random. It's not rigging it to actually do it. You'd have to give like you'd have to have some ridiculous calls. It, it, we would know yeah. about it. So the the way I like to look at it is. When you look at other sports with betting scandals, what happens? Like when you hear a betting scandal in basketball, it's point shaving. Yeah. Right? Like like that's the issue. When you hear of a betting scandal in the NFL, it's guys betting on themselves to do well. <laughs> Paul Horning bet on the Packers to win. He bet on himself to break yeah. his yardage overs. And like the other thing is the refs are one thing. Players, like an offensive lineman's not going to throw a game because his quarterback will tell on him. And um, there's also accountability from other people on the field. Uh, you know, if there's obvious cheating going on, players are going to notice too. There's lots of people that need to be in on this conspiracy, and you're probably not going to get all of them. Yeah. Yeah, and if the quarterback Scarf- is the one who cheats, he's going to end up having to play football with with a bunch of prisoners and play against the guards. And Adam Sandler's going to show up. It's not going to be good. Yeah, it's ugly. <laughs> Really bad. Scarf 21, now that we're officially in draft season, who are some of your preliminary draft crushes? It feels strange going from looking up top 10 draft picks to thinking about who may drop all the way to 25. Oh, I haven't looked at draft I, yet. I, I haven't looked at the draft outside yeah. of the quarterbacks back when we were like... Yeah, here's know. here's what I'll say, because I'm a content first guy. There is a The right tackle from Alabama is J.C. Latham. Probably will not fall to the Packers. He's a top... 15 talent but he uh went to catholic memorial high school in waukesha he ended up transferring uh i believe to florida for the for the end of his high school career but he is a scani and uh, he was in the college football playoff this year and that would be kind of cool and he fits exactly what they're looking for <laughs> and he wasn't the center he wasn't the center <laughs> that's wasn't what's the center. important <laughs> we'll talk more draft later we will prime we will. eddie lacy this game has those terrible 2014 vibes, especially with the early field goals. So we have a smorgasbord of turning points. My personal pet peeve, Joe Barry's inability to take calculated risk on the last drive aside, tears second and long runs out of the blessed playbook. Seems like Matt LaFleur got nervous that mm-hmm. the game was in his grasp, setting up the missed field goal. Uh, yes. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't do yeah. that. Yeah. Second and long runs are dumb. You should not do them. 
Agreed. Bill Bill Robbie says, please do not label them Super Bowl contenders. With a certain regression and a much more difficult schedule, 10 wins will be very difficult for 2024. Nah. That's probably true. Well, they'll have a harder schedule, think? but um, I think the division will be pretty easy. Well, the easy games are the ones that killed them this year. They lost to the yep. Las Vegas there's, there's Raiders too. and the Denver Broncos and the New York Giants. The lesson we never learn every single year is that our preseason yeah, prognostications about a hard schedule are always wrong. Always, always, mm-hmm. always. Yeah. Yeah, there's just there's just no wisdom there. It's it's ridiculous. Yep. Uh, also for Bill Robbie, uh, this is the last one. Can we find a way to get 18 inches on a quarterback sneak every time with 2024 cap issues? Does this team still get younger? There's a couple questions there. But, okay, so the the cap uh, issues, the team will get very young when Bakhtiari leaves. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure he is this huge dead weight on the standard deviation. <laughs> Correct, he is. Um, yeah. And it's quarterback sneak. Uh, so for, they should stop doing the tush push, like. Um, the Eagles are good at that. Nobody else is good at it. Everybody else fails at it. And as it turns out, normal quarterback sneaks actually work uh, really, really well a huge amount of the time. Mm-hmm. You can just do that. I will say this. I don't think Jordan's very good at those either. Um, he seems to not get good push and often pick the wrong hole. And they might just be better lining up under center and giving it, yeah, hilarious, giving it to um, <laughs> Jones or some other back. They might be better off passing a lot of the time, honestly. But just a basic quarterback sneak is the best way to go most of the time for most teams. Just do that. Don't overthink this. My my hot take is that the Eagles won't be good at the tush push ne- next year. I don't think they will because as Jason... Uh, Kelsey's retired. Kelsey's retiring, Kelsey. right? I think like he's kind of what makes that work more than him, anybody him else. Him and their, their ultra-strong quarterback. quarterback like, yeah, it, but, a, but without the center in front of the ultra-strong quarterback, like, that's not going to work. Is is there another center in the league who can snap the ball from a four point stance? No, like I, I don't think so. And that's that's what Kelsey does on the tush push. Yeah. Is he snaps out of a four point stance and takes like a old school zero tech dive at the zero tech? Yep, but <laughs> yeah, I think you, you're right. They'll be bad next year, so it should be. You don't need to do that. There's better ways to do it. it it's fine. Now, what they need to do is just find a converted tight end who is happens to be the best center of all time and draft him. Yeah, there you go. All right, we're done. Uh, that's it. We're good. We're out. We're out. We're good. We're done. All right. Woo. Before we go, JR, you want to plug anything? Oh, man, I don't know. It's a crazy week all of a sudden. There's going to yeah. be more podcasts coming. The green, uh, green 19 podcast will be coming looking at the offseason. That's probably going to be maybe late this week, early next week. Um, point forward podcast to talk about the Bucks firing head coach Adrian Griffin in the middle of a winning season. Wild, uh, wild times. Uh, that's coming soon. There's going to be a microbrew podcast because the Brewers signed Reese Hoskins. So yeah. lots of lots of me in your life, and then uh, <laughs> which which is fine. Obviously, we'll be covering all these things at jsonline.com. So uh, so stay with us. We've we've got a lot to say. All right, Matt. Anything that you would like to plug? Yeah. So uh, last night I recorded on something that will drop the same day as this podcast, uh, the Chasing Mac pod through the Tech Hockey Guide. I'm a uh, Michigan Tech, not alum, but I went there. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I was invited on specifically for the Bell Let's Talk episode. For folks who don't know, uh, Bell Let's Talk is a Canadian thing where every time you use the hashtag on Bell Let's Talk Day, um, the company Bell will make a donation towards mental health. Oh, okay. Um, and specifically what... Uh, put me on their radar was my new sign-off post. Oh, okay. Yeah. The the tragic passing of my best friend. Um, and yeah. So 
go listen. And if you are listening to this on Wednesday and you have a Twitter account, go use the hashtag Bell Let's Talk um, because it's for a good cause. Great. Uh, All right. As for me, um, we will definitely have a Milwaukee's Tailgate podcast next week, if not sooner, to because we signed Reese Hoskins. So check that out. I actually will have a mini pod on Friday, a season wrap up statistical mini pod. Um, we'll probably do a season wrap up podcast. We'll we'll get to that uh, when Paul is not on the road traveling randomly, which I am the, much of this week. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back, of course, with that with draft coverage when that rolls around with the normal. Uh, postseason cadence that we do keep here um, but uh, thank you all very much for listening thank you all to all of our patrons for uh, patronizing uh, for <laughs> all the great questions for the uh, the words of thank you that a lot of you left we really do appreciate it um, we uh, appreciate everybody who listens but especially you guys who ask questions so uh, yeah we'll leave it at that um, enjoy the if, you, if you're still watching the games enjoy those uh, enjoy the bucks they might be good now woohoo um but yeah, we'll be back, you know, sporadically, definitely um, in future because next season's going to rule. Uh, but yeah, that'll do it for us. Uh, enjoy football for the rest of the season. The book of love has music in it. In fact, that's where music comes from. Some of it is just transcendental. Some of it is just really dumb. Oh.